Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to mini episode 46 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? We've got some gorgeous listener tales for you today. Are you ready? Never ready. These are the things that shiver my bones. Story number one comes from Elizabeth. When I was a kid, I would see some crazy shit that couldn't be explained. My parents convinced me that I had an overactive imagination. I would see things that couldn't be explained and no one else in the family ever would admit to seeing them. I'm not crazy. They had to have seen some of it. I'm talking piles of clothing in mine and my brother's room moving from one corner to the next. My dolls and stuffed animals not being where I left them before going to sleep, or even the knocking that would be under my feet when I would get into bed. Yep, that one was never fun. How I turned out normal I will never know. At the age of 12, my aunt... You know the not-blood relative, but you grew up around kind of aunt. Passed away, and my parents decided to buy our house, so we moved. It was only two blocks away from our old house. We, as in my family, would go over to my aunt's house often. My aunt was in her 70s and lived alone. When I would stay the night with my aunt when she was alive, I would stay in what would be my bedroom when we moved. At night, I would hear the toilet flush in the demon bathroom, and the lights turn on and off for no reason. I truly mean it when I say it was a demon bathroom. My room had sliding closet doors. I could not sleep unless those doors were closed because I would feel as if someone was watching me. Every time I stayed the night, those damn doors would be slightly open in the morning. When we moved in, I had the same bedroom and had to share the demon bathroom with my brother. The same freaking closet doors would slide open almost nightly and the bathroom door would be just slightly opened in the morning. Now I had to convince myself this was my brother playing pranks on me or I would lose my shit. The first time I felt something, I was awoken to my daybed. Yes, it was the early 90s when all girls had to have a daybed. And it was shaking back and forth. I yelled at my brother to knock it off and went back to sleep. The next morning I asked him, why were you shaking my bed? To which he just looked at me like I was crazy and said he wasn't in my room and called me a loser. More of the same happened for years. My parents moved to another house, closer to my dad's work, and left the demon house to my brother and I. Billy, my brother, pretty much kept to his room in the back and used the demon bathroom. I packed my stuff and moved into what was my parents' room and said peace out to the demon bathroom. We were only 18 and 19, living in this house alone. My brother was a partier and was rarely home or came home after I went to bed. 
I worked during the day and went to college at night, so we weren't ever really in the house at the same time. Even though I knew my brother wasn't at home, I would convince myself that it was him walking through the house at night time. Distinctive footsteps from the living room all the way back to his bedroom on an almost nightly basis, followed by the toilet flushing in the demon bathroom. I was 18. I had to believe it was my brother. It was my lucky day when he decided to move in with his girlfriend and leave me to suffer in this house without his protection. The day he moved out, I shut the water off to the demon bathroom and locked both doors so they wouldn't open anymore. The next day I came home from work and walked through the house to make sure no one had broken in and was waiting to kill me. When I got to my old room, the bathroom door was open, the lights were on, the sink faucet was running, and in my old bedroom the closet doors were open. I turned everything off, relocked the bathroom doors and took the closet doors off the closet and threw them outside. I was done. The closet in my new room had like a latch on it to keep the doors closed. I had never had a problem with it. Well, I guess I pissed off something. Because the next night I was sleeping in my room. I had my dog, my German shepherd, in bed with me and my cat was laying on my side. I heard the door slamming in the demon half of the house. Then my cat was standing with her back arched and hissing. My dog was crying and trying to get under my covers. My closet doors flew, and I mean flew open. And I looked in my doorway and saw what I can only describe as green wavy lines going from top to bottom with faces coming through, but not breaking the threshold. I remember there being multiple faces, but I could only focus on one. This face had glasses and looked like it was trying to yell at me, but there was no sound. It lasted for a few minutes and then the whole house went quiet. I packed a bag, grabbed my pets and said peace out and went to my parents' house. I refused to ever step foot back in that house again. My brother had to pack up my belongings. I still have nightmares and they always seem to be set in this home. I will be in my old room and walk towards the demon bathroom and the house will start shaking and the door will try to open. I always manage to keep the door from opening past an inch or so before I can slam it shut. In my nightmares, I can hear what can only be described as multiple demons talking in a low growl to me. Needless to say, when I wake, I don't go back to sleep. A few years later, I was staying at my aunt's house, a real aunt this time. She was a surgical RN and worked nights. I worked days, so again we rarely were at home at the same time. One night I woke up to see my closet door open and my aunt's dog run out of it and jump into my bed. The only way to open this door was to turn the knob and push it from my side or pull from the inside. How did the dog get in there and how did the door open to let her out and then close again? The next morning my aunt asked if I had someone stay over because she said she swore she saw a man in a long black leather jacket walk into my room but never come out again. So that night I had a come to Jesus talk with Jesus. I said Lord I know you must think I'm strong enough to handle this craziness but I assure you I am not. I've had nothing happen since that day. I refuse to watch scary movies in my house because I feel like I would be inviting this shit back into my life. Holy moly. That is some creepy stuff going on there. But I have a really burning question about this story. Oh, what's the burning question? Now, I grew up in the 90s. I was born in the 80s, but, you know, most of what I remember is in the 90s. 
but I am not female. What is a daybed? A daybed is like uh, it's a bed that has three sides of it. So the head and the the feet side and then the side against the wall have like railings on them. And during the day you use it as like a little sofa. Oh, that does At least I cool. think that's what a daybed is. I mean, that sounds amazing. I thought it was a bed that you had to sleep in. If you're having a nap, you had to go in a daybed. And then if you were going to bed at night, you went to the night bed. That's very fancy. Yeah. But obviously it's not that fancy, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah, I feel that if you live somewhere where the goings on are so bad that you christen a room at the demon bathroom, it's probably time to go, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I'm not feeling that at all. I'm very intrigued by the dog, though. <laughs> the, the dog getting it, or getting into the cupboard yeah. and getting back out again. It's almost like the ghost like was like, oh, no, I'll play a prank on him. I'll, I'll hide the dog in here. And then was like, actually, you're really irritating. <laughs> Maybe it was just yeah. a really inquisitive dog i'm imagining a little jack russell yeah that's too. the dog that's yeah. in my head and maybe Same. maybe little patch on his eye yeah, yeah. maybe he's just super inquisitive who yeah, knows maybe. maybe maybe it's a very, very strange story but i wouldn't have lasted as long as they did in the parents house when the parents left i love the german shepherd dog who are notorious for wrongly being seen as really violent mm. vicious dogs trying to hide under the covers yeah. at the first sign of danger <laughs> Because if you were to think of a dog for protection, you'd think like Alsatian, yep. German Shepherd, yep. Doberman. Doberman. Yep. <laughs> and this dog is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And our second story today comes from Liam. I was born in real North Wales and I lived in this small terraced house. My dad was a bit of a deadbeat and was sometimes abusive and one day he came home in a terrible mood and hit me. I ran upstairs to my bedroom and flung myself onto my bed crying, leaving my door open. My bedroom in that house was just a bit bigger than a box room with the bed against the far wall facing the door. As I was crying on my bed I heard a scratching noise coming from behind me. It sounded like nails on chalkboard. I could hear my mum and dad arguing downstairs, and we didn't have any pets, so this confused me. I lifted my head and wiped away the tears from my eyes to see a small, black creature crouched in the corner by the door. It looked like something from the film Gremlins. I watched it for the first time a couple of years later, and the image was weirdly familiar The creature was completely black with pale white eyes, sharp fangs and long claws which were scratching the doorframe while staring right at me. I was frozen in fear and could do nothing except stare at it. 
while it was grunting and scratching the wall. I felt like I was paralysed. Eventually I snapped out of it and backed away as far as I could from it. Then it hissed really loudly, a sound which still haunts me to this day, and ran out of the door. That was the first and last time I ever saw the creature. We moved out of that house a few years later. I'm living in Manchester now in a terraced house with my girlfriend. And when I'm home alone, I swear I can hear a faint scratching sound sometimes. I don't know why I only saw it that one time. I've tried to tell myself it was a figment of my imagination, but it freaks me out every time I think about it. What is so unnerving about this story is that you didn't see gremlins until after you'd seen the creature. So it's not like something that the brain has imposed on a shadow. It looked like a gremlin. (laughs) Isn't there some Welsh lore about pixies or goblins or something? Welsh people are going to be screaming at at their podcast player right now. But I'm pretty sure there is some sort of Welsh lore about about kind of like fairy folk, but maybe a bit more gremlin-y. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's like a tulpa type experience because he's just had a really traumatic event. Is clearly really upset. Like, did his brain like literally create a distraction? A, not even a distraction, but like a representation of his feelings at the time Ooh, in yeah. in this in this because he's obviously going to be really angry, upset, and sad, as he said. And then you have this little gremlin creature scratching on the wall and staring at him. No. Well, the only thing I think is perhaps he's a little bit misunderstood because scratching on something while looking at the person you're trying to get the attention of is very familiar behaviour to us. Because our little gremlin does the same thing when she wants food or attention. Yeah, she does. So I wonder if actually he's just hungry. But it was a good job that he didn't feed him, because particularly if it was after midnight, because that would have I mean, listen. raised all kinds of issues. And our third story today comes from Stacy. I'm always up for a ghost story, and I do believe. But I'm also not the type of person to seek out paranormal experiences. I'm just not brave enough. It has not been constant, but throughout my life, I have felt like I'm being followed. So maybe ghosts are seeking me out. I do not have a terribly exciting life, so following me would seem like a waste of time. But maybe there's something about me that I'm just not aware of. And if so, I do not wish to be aware. This is just one of my experiences. I've always had trouble with my memory. So for me to recall any experience means it was very noteworthy. The first paranormal experience I can remember is when I was a kid in elementary school. I was living in Victoria. And our neighbourhood was behind the school with a very large field separating it. There was a path from the neighbourhood to the school that all the kids used. Just a natural path with some small bushes and it was enclosed by two tall chain-link fences on each side. There were no exits from the start of the path to the school. So if you were on the path you had to go to school or back to the neighbourhood to exit. You could climb the fences but most kids were little so the fences seemed rather tall. The path wasn't scary in any way. It was familiar and well-travelled. On this particular morning as I headed out to school it was extremely foggy. Normal for us who lived in the area, so it wasn't alarming. I actually loved the fog as a kid. As I was walking down the path, I saw a large, dark silhouette ahead of me. It was difficult to make out because of the fog, but it was in the shape of a person and much larger than kid size. I clearly remember feeling afraid, which was not common when I was on the path, fog or not. I tried to tell myself that it was a parent or a teacher, but the fear stuck with me. 
I didn't hear or see any other kids nearby which I might be able to run to for help. I could tell the figure was coming my way. I found some bushes to hide in and tried to make myself as small as possible, remaining still and silent. I closed my eyes and waited to hear the figure pass, but there was no sounds. No footsteps in the natural dirt and rock path. Nothing. I could not open my eyes, and after some time I heard kids in the distance. I mustered the courage to open my eyes and peeked out of the bushes. The figure was gone. Maybe it went back the other way. The kids approached from that direction, so I ran to them and frantically asked them if they had seen anyone. They had not. They were the only kids on the path, they said. They could tell I was really frightened and they offered to walk me home. I told my mother what happened and she took another parent with her to explore the path and they never saw anyone. Other kids were asked but they only saw other kids on the path that morning. My mother believed me and that afternoon tried to explain ghosts to me. I walked with kids to school for a few weeks and then felt okay to walk alone. I knew what that silhouette was now. It was a ghost. I never saw it again and nor did I ever feel that overwhelming fear. Until I was an adult, that is. But that's a story for another time. I really feared for them when they were telling the story as a child because you're always worried, aren't you? And I think there's so many like things about kids getting abducted and stuff like that. When it's a, like I know, obviously, they're writing because it's a paranormal story, but it's still creepy, isn't it? Yeah, and you are told as a kid... Like if yeah, if you're on your own and a stranger approaches you, you run away. You get an adult. You whatever you you hide, whatever you do. But you know that. So taking even the paranormal out of it, it is a very scary experience for a child, especially when you're on. I know that they were saying, oh, I I wasn't frightened of the fog or whatever. But suddenly that can seem very frightening mm. when there's well, it just a stranger. Adds to the sinisterism, is that word? Probably not, but I like it. Sinisterism, sinister, sinister nature of the story. Because it shrouds everything in more darkness, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it was a ghost, so it was scary anyway. Yeah. And it just adds to that atmosphere. Kind of makes it like gothic Victorian vibe. There's two things that I really like about this story. Number one, that the other kids saw that she was frightened yeah. and offered to walk this person home yeah. rather than being like, haha, you loser, there's nobody <laughs> else here. <laughs> and also that her mum firstly went, hey, let's go check the path. Because that's a very rational yeah, reaction, very right? Rational, yeah. And then went, Sit down, I need to talk to you about ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love. How do you explain ghosts to a child? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you explain ghosts to me sometimes, to be honest. I'm trying to think about like our nieces and nephews. And if we were to sit them down and say, okay, I'm going to explain to you what ghosts are. I can just imagine that they'd have literally a thousand questions that yeah. we neither of us would be able to answer nope. or no. any religion or mm. any spiritual yeah. person would be no. able to answer. And then we'd no. be like, why did we start this? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm recommending at this point that we don't start that conversation. I'm not going to. Because I feel like, you know, our siblings would probably not appreciate that too much. And our fourth story today comes from Abby. My childhood home used to be haunted. I say used to because the house went from being fairly active to completely quiet a few years ago. I'm not complaining, but I do think it's a little suspicious. I have a million spooky stories, but I'll only stick to a few significant ones in the interest of time. 
My earliest memory of the house is my parents taking me up to what was going to be my new bedroom when we first moved in. I remember everything looking so old, like we had stepped a century back in time. I don't like it, I said to my parents. When they asked me why, I insisted that the house was haunted. I mean, how could it not be? It was over a hundred years old, not to mention that the old woman who used to live alone in the house before we bought it had died recently. She even left a handful of these tiny ceramic angels, all in different poses, in weird places around the house, which I didn't like one bit. You would find them on windowsills and above doorways, like they were guarding the entryways. At first my parents started noticing strange smells that would come and go around the house, like cigar smoke, or that type of perfume that only your great-grandma would ever wear. They didn't think anything of it at first. I think they just assumed that tearing down walls and replacing floorboards was kicking up dust and old smells that had settled in the house. One day my dad and uncle were ripping up floorboards so my siblings and I had to stay outside. I was running around my new big yard, playing with my neighbour's daughter, when all of a sudden my dad came outside and started asking us if we had just been in the house. We just shrugged and said no. He found my mom, who was doing yard work and asked if it was her that had been the one who was just inside. She also said no, which seemed to spook my dad a little bit. He then told us that he had just seen the silhouette of a woman undressing herself directly in front of his bedroom window. A while later, it could have been a few months or a few weeks, it was a long time ago so my memory's a bit hazy, my parents were alone in the house late at night. They had dropped my siblings and I off at our grandparents' house for the night and were watching TV in their bedroom. Then, out of nowhere, they heard what sounded like a large animal running down the stairs on all fours. This is before we got a dog, and the only other pet at this time was an old ten-pound cat who wasn't big enough to make any noises when she moved around the house. My parents immediately got out of bed and checked the house for signs that an animal had somehow gotten in, but they couldn't find anything. All the doors and windows were shut, and nothing had been disturbed. Somehow they didn't get freaked out by it, and ended up going back to their room. And next came the footsteps. Whenever I was alone in the house, it sounded like a full-grown adult was pacing back and forth from room to room. It made me feel like I was losing my mind because no one else seemed to hear it. I remember one day when I was in middle school, I had come home from school to an empty house and was sitting at the dining room table eating a snack. All of a sudden the ceiling above my head started creaking in a very distinct pattern, like someone slowly moving from room to room back and forth over and over again. I knew for a fact that I was alone in the house. I was older than my siblings and in a different school than we got out a whole hour earlier than theirs, and my parents' cars weren't in the driveway. The steps would go from my parents' room to the bathroom to my room to my brother's room and then repeat the loop. I remember sitting there in disbelief wondering if I was truly going insane. The footsteps went on for so long that eventually I broke down, running outside with my dog and sitting on the front porch until someone else came home. When someone finally did come home, the noises stopped. One night my whole family was in the living room watching TV together while my little sister Grace was in the bathroom at the top of the stairs taking a shower. After a few minutes of being up there she swung the door open, popped her head out and shouted down to us to knock it off. 
We all looked at each other confused, since none of us had moved from the living room. A few minutes later, she called down to us again, this time pleading with us to please stop. She insisted that it wasn't funny and that she was starting to get freaked out. Curious, I called up to her and asked her what she meant, because none of us had moved. She said that someone kept walking up the stairs and towards the bathroom, but when Grace opened the door to see who it was, no one was there. My parents assured her that she was just hearing things and went back to watching TV. After a little while, Grace finished her shower and came downstairs to join us, freeing up the only bathroom in the house. I ran upstairs to jump in the shower before anyone else could, since there was often a competition to see who would get to use up all the hot water first. I had already undressed, before I realised that I forgot a towel, and I was too lazy to put all my clothes back on to go and fetch one from the laundry room downstairs. Luckily I heard my mom coming up the stairs towards the bathroom. The floors in our house were very squeaky, and everyone in the house had a specific sound to their walk. My mom's, for instance, had a heavier step than my siblings, but not as heavy as my dad's, and it was purposeful and quick. As I heard her approaching the door, I popped my head out to ask her if she could grab me a towel. But to my surprise, the hallway was completely empty. Sometime later, I was lying in bed, for hours unable to sleep. Everyone else had gone to bed a while ago, and I was feeling very alone. At the time, I was an anxious preteen who had quite a bit of trouble falling asleep because my mind was always racing when it should have been winding down for the night. I kept tossing and turning, unable to find a position that felt comfortable. But I never turned on my left side because then I would be facing my bedroom door. I never slept with my door closed, but I also hated looking through the open doorway, which was directly in front of my dark and creepy staircase. I can't tell you why I hated looking at the staircase, but it always gave me a bad feeling, as if something might come running up the stairs if I looked for too long. My sister Grace had the same feeling, except she has said that she always had a feeling there was an old woman waiting at the bottom of the stairs. My brother has actually had dreams about an old woman standing at the bottom of the stairs trying to convince him to come outside and play. My mom caught him sleepwalking at the top of the stairs once. When she asked him what he was doing, he simply replied that the woman was waiting at the bottom and that she wanted him to come outside and play. Anyway, I was tossing and turning while avoiding facing the staircase, when all of a sudden I hear something moving around downstairs. It almost sounded like someone was rummaging through the cabinets in the kitchen. I immediately froze. I kept listening and it continued as if someone was moving the plates and bowls inside of the kitchen cupboards. No one had left their room in hours, and I would have seen them if they did because they would have to walk past my bedroom door to get downstairs. I jumped out of my bed and ran to my parents' room to alert them to a possible intruder. My dad begrudgingly got out of bed to go and check, in his boxers of course and after a few minutes of looking around, he came back upstairs and reassured me that no one was there and that I should go back to bed. A little relieved, I said goodnight and crawled back into bed. I was only laying there for a short amount of time before I heard the noises in the kitchen again. I could hear the faint clinking of ceramic plates scraping past each other, as if someone was trying to pull them out of the cabinet. I jumped back out of bed and ran into my parents' room. Once again, my dad went downstairs in his skivvies, looked around and after finding nothing came back upstairs and told me to go to bed. More anxious than ever, I crawled back into bed and laid wide awake, hoping that the noises wouldn't happen again. 
Eventually, the family dog lumbered out of my brother's room and curled up right next to my bed as he did every night. That was his favourite spot to sleep. Although my brother likes to disagree. I felt a little better having him between me and the stairs since he was a pretty big dog who was very protective. Just as I started to drift off to sleep, I could hear the noises again. It's just in your head, I told myself. You're just imagining things because you're tired. I would have convinced myself of this too if my dog's ears didn't perk up as the noises continued. He lifted his head up and sat alert, staring at the stairs, as he and I heard the same sounds coming from the kitchen. I couldn't wake up my dad again, since I knew he would just get annoyed at me if I made him go downstairs for a third time. So I just lifted the covers over my head and eventually fell asleep with my fingers in my ears. I was maybe 12 years old when this happened, and sometimes I still fall asleep with the covers over my ears, as a 20-something, just in case. A few years later, my mom and I had gotten really into the show Ghost Hunters. Not ghost adventures. Anyway, we decided to do an EVP session in our dining room one day, just for shits and giggles. Using my iPod to record, my mom asked all sorts of questions out loud, like, what's your name, and do you know who we are? When she finished, we played the recording back, but we didn't hear anything. Just to be sure, I plugged some headphones into my iPod so I could get a better listen. And all I could hear was white noise. Until the very last question. My mom had asked, When you lived in this town, was the town called Red Hook or was it called Hardscrabble? Our hometown was called Hardscrabble until the late 1700s and then it was renamed Red Hook. At the last second of the recording, I heard a man's voice whisper, Hardscrabble. Just to be sure I wasn't hearing what I wanted to, I had my mom listen to it too. I watched her as she listened to herself ask questions and the silence after each response until she reached the last question. Her face lit up and she looked at me with amazement. Oh my God, she kept shouting as she replayed the recording over and over to hear the phantom voice again. When my dad came home from work a few hours later, we made him listen to it just to be sure we weren't crazy. He was an ardent sceptic, even after the few occurrences where he heard or saw something. He had the opinion that everything could be explained away. We had him put the headphones in, and without explaining anything about what we had been up to or what we think we had heard, we played the recording for him. He listened intently. And as my mom began asking questions on the recording, he rolled his eyes at us because he knew exactly what this was. We told him to keep listening. And after a few seconds of no reaction, suddenly his jaw dropped. He just looked up at us in shock. He said, Heartscrabble, my dad said. I don't like that. I remember him saying to us as he nervously laughed. He made us swear to him that we weren't playing a prank on him. Things calmed down after that. The only significant thing that has happened since then was a few years ago when I was around 17. My brother and I both woke up at 3am after having a pretty disturbing nightmare about demon children trying to get into the house. Considering the activity in the house that happened when I was younger was mostly harmless, I think that was just a creepy coincidence. At least, I hope. So much activity going on there. So much activity. And also, Hardscrabble is such a cool name for a town. Isn't it? And then to change it to Red Hook, which is also a cool name for a town. Isn't Red Hook also a cocktail? Possibly. Nick, Sinead, if you're listening, 
Tell me if it's a cocktail. I think it is. And I think hard scrabble is when you take all the vowels out of the bag, right? But um, so much activity going on, and then to get an EVP at the end as well, which would make the ghost really old. 1700s ghost. Yeah. We love a 1700s ghost yeah, around here. Oh, it's, it's like, I can't deal with that level of activity. I don't know how people just get on with their lives and don't burn stuff. I have a really distinct memory of somebody telling me, not a similar story to this story, but of my friend, but not when we were around that age, like in primary school. And she was really upset because she had been awake for most of the night listening to something rummaging around in her kitchen. I then went on to live in that same house for a brief period of time when my brother lived in Australia. And I woke up to knocks on the wall from the abandoned house next to the house that I was oh, no, no, living no, no, in. No, 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 no. I mean, it's, pro- it's probably nothing, but I just it just reminded me, that story reminded me of that story from my childhood, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling that. I'm not feeling that at all. Uh, I don't know how people just... Like, obviously, they were quite scared, but carried on with their life. It'd be too much for me. I wouldn't be able to handle it. Because you'd, be, you'd always be thinking when you get into bed, okay, I need to fall asleep before I hear any noises that are going to freak me out, you know? Or you'd be thinking, am I going to hear something tonight or is something going to run down the stairs? Like imagine that big, imagine lying in bed and hearing a big yeah. creature running down the stairs. What? <sighs> I don't oh, know. I don't know. It. could not handle it at all. I'd be a shivering wreck flicking my lighter with a can of gasoline. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find everything you need to know about us on reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. All of these stories were from the first week of April 2020 to those who are wondering where we are in the listener stories. Yes, we are very far behind. So it's the first week of April of 2020. And if you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories and donating no you're not donating pledging either five dollars a month or two dollars a month to get access to heaps of extra content and if you want to send your own story you can send your own story to real life ghost stories podcast at gmail.com and on that note we shall see you next week bye planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.